We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I like to call Thursdays Friday Eve. You are hearing this podcast on a Friday morning. It's Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Um, I'm, I feel weird uh, because I got here before you. And now I'm, this is completely off. The, the, nobody sees us because this is a video podcast, but I'm on the left. Oh, <laughs> you all are not on the I'm usually on the right. Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm usually the late one. <laughs> but I, I got you on time. I legit thought you were gonna make this like uh, football related, and, and like I just feel weird. I'm like, oh, I know this week has definitely been weird, and I was gonna make that comparison, but no. Yeah, you were no. early. You were early to the pod. It's it's just that I'm early, and that put me on the left side. So I, you know, I I keep looking at myself uh, just instinctively <laughs> because I know I'm supposed to be looking. <laughs> over that side. All right, uh, dumb things out of the way. I'm pretty excited for the game. Uh, I, I think there was more nerves for me with the Ravens game because I thought it would be embarrassing if they lost <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> but um, yeah. and the, I, I'm not trying to bring loser energy and we'll see who I pick. But I mean, I think Bengals-Bills going to be a good game and there's nothing wrong with losing to the Bills if it happens. You know, I've got my excuses ready. Oh, 100% me too. <laughs> I will tell you this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot be this person. As soon as that game's in, game ends, uh, if the Bengals do lose, I'm not going to be like, oh, I hope the Bills win the whole thing. I'm not going to have that energy right after that game. So it's going to take a minute before I feel a certain. Yeah, I, I remember slandering Cooper Cup live on Twitter and Eli Apple liking it after the Bengals lost the Super Bowl. So I'll probably end up doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, somebody I'm... could just take my phone from me if they lose. <laughs> Could, I could probably do that, um, honestly. But yeah, no, and yeah, we're bringing really negative um, energy right now. But when they win, I'll be very nice to the Bills. Yeah, one hundred percent. I wish them the best in their off season. Uh, but, but we'll go ahead and get to this right now. You know, the biggest topic this week, and I, I bring it up, and I hate that we're bringing it up because of the season that they were able to have, for the most part, with the offensive line. It's looking like it's going to be Jackson Carmen at left tackle. I know Zach could be throwing us off this week. It is Thursday. They'll have one more walkthrough on Friday. They'll head to Buffalo on Saturday. How are we feeling about Jackson Carmen at left tackle for a full start? So, like, I don't want to be too negative. I, I, I'm i worried, but I'm also fairly confident that the Bengals will have a good game plan for this game, both to protect him and Burrow, just because I, I, I don't see a Jonah Williams-level tackle. And now that you're down three guys, I think you have to game plan around this offensive line a bit, which is what they did in the second half. Although that was kind of like a, oh no, type situation. We have to figure something out. And they knew they were playing a team that wasn't going to score that much. Now you're playing a team that's going to score, theoretically, <laughs> quite a bit. At least they could. Um, so what is the game plan for both protecting Burrow and protecting Jackson Carmen from going one-on-one -on, -one on deep drops too often versus being able to push the ball down the field and everything. But I, I have full faith in the coaching staff. I think this is a better coaching staff than last year. Like last year, the offense was pretty turtled up 
And I think that's partially because the play calling and design also was a little bit like they didn't, they didn't trust the offensive line at all and they didn't work around it really. Uh, so I trust them to work around it in this game. Um, and hopefully Carmen plays well. How good does Carmen have to play to be in the conversation for any starting job next year? I mean, if he wins, if he wins the playoff games, Bengals fans are going to be. You could win without him. Like, like if he plays poorly, you could still win. That's what they did all last year. But I will say, if he plays well and they win, okay. I think he, he has, oh, man. I think he has to be like lights out. Like I think he has to be like very good to to get a starting to get a starting job possibility because I don't think he's going to take left tackle. No. As much as people think Jonah Williams, as I have seen all over my mentions, is terrible, mm-hmm. uh, the worst tackle in the league. All these other things, he's not. <laughs> he's inconsistent, but he's he's like about an average left tackle, guys. Uh, he gets charged for sacks that aren't his fault, but they have to charge somebody. Uh, the great example for that is just week 18 when Hakeem Adanji gets beat at right tackle. Joe Burrow flushes out to his right. Jonah Williams won his matchup, ran his guy around the back of the back of the end zone. It wasn't even the pocket. Like he ran him out into the color, <laughs> into the, the painted grass. But then Burrow scrambling to his right. The guy gets a strip sack. That's charged to Jonah. And that also happened this week. I can't remember who got beat, uh, but somebody got, uh, oh, it was Mixon. Mixon gets beaten pass protection, but he doesn't give up the sack. Burrow kind of tries to run forward, and Jonah's guy is able to come off and make that stop. But that's not on him. Um, so there's there's plenty of times that this type of thing happens. I need people to stop using sacks aloud as their only offensive line scouting. Um, watch, listen to people like our, uh, our hopeful, uh, our old guest and hopefully future guest, Duke, who yeah. uh, Duke Mannyweather says basically he's not going to say Jonah's terrible. <laughs> I don't think he would say Jonah's the worst member of the offensive line. Um, and you can still be critical. Like that. that's the thing is that you, I don't know. I, I'm still critical of him. I still think this was a disappointing year. He was supposed to take a step forward and he regressed more than I thought that he really could, to be honest, but he's still around an average left tackle. Cause I thought he was good last year, like above average to good last year. And now he's average to below average. I think. I, I saw this actually on Twitter and I had just retweeted it before we started the show. Look, Jonah hasn't lived up to the best left tackle. Um, you know, that we've seen at this position, obviously Andrew Whitworth, former Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, it's really hard to, uh, to step in the shoes of what this offensive line has seen in the past when it comes to the left tackle position, but you know, 95% of the Bengals fans think he's worse than, than what he really is. And I almost yes. think, and let me get your opinion on this. Do you think this week, cause I'm seeing it more over the last couple of days, like Jonah's bad, Jonah's bad. And it's been that way all season, uh, at least on social media. Do you think this week fans are kind of coping with a little bit like, well, he's been bad all season. So like how big oh, yeah. of a mess is Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's the big cope. That's, that's the biggest cope there is, is, is that Jonah actually sucks. So Carmen can't be worse. It's like, yes, he can. Yes, he can. And even if he's not given up multiple sacks, which I'll let you guys know, Carmen from that game, uh, this past week is on pace for more sacks in a year than Jonah gave up because one sack a game would be more than Jonah gave up. Like that's, <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. It, it, you know, he'd be at 17 sacks, which would lead the league or whatever. If you only care about sacks giving up, Carmen's doing worse than Jonah. But um, yeah, that, it, they think he's, 
bad because of the one statistic. He doesn't get too many penalties. Um, and he's been a solid he's been a better run blocker than I thought this season and just worse in pass protection, but I still think he's okay in pass protection. And he's clearly the offensive tackle. They trust in pass protection. When you watch, they give the help to the other side. And that was true with the too. When they were both healthy in that game, Burrow be taking five step drops. You got to protect for three seconds on these five step drops because your, your first read is coming as your back foot hits and you have to take five, steps so when his back foot hits it's been about two and a half three seconds and jonah's on an island with their best pass rusher away and he's doing a good job he's clamping up and I, that's something i don't know that you can do with jackson carmen um maybe you could take a calculated shot if i'm guessing anytime they take a five-step drop there's gonna be a chip on both sides just an early tight end running back empty type chip but i don't know that i I think he deserves more respect than he's been getting, but it seems that Bengals fans don't care to hear that right now. I think he was at least the third best offensive lineman this year for the team. And you could make a pretty strong case for second best, although I know everybody really loves Ted Karras. And I like, I love Ted too, but at least maybe you can make a stronger case for second most important because the center position in pass protection isn't as important as the left tackle. I feel so wrong about saying anything when it comes to Carmen playing this year, because I had said plenty of times on this podcast, oh, myself out. there's no way that I thought he would be playing a snap. Even if there was injuries on the offensive line, I, I thought, you know, it's not going to be, it, they won't play him. They've had healthy scratches all year. Why would they put Jackson Carmen out there? And, and you talked about, you know, could he be the future at, at the tackle position? And, I, I, I couldn't talk I myself out so. of it now. A, yeah, I'm talking myself out of it. I, I don't think, think so. Even I, it would be at right tackle. Like, that's what I'm thinking is like, what does he have to do to challenge Lyle Collins? Because Collins was very disappointing this season for what he's supposed to be. But also, I have maybe it's just hope, but I do think that with a full offseason to rest the back and uh, hopefully, well, the knee is now the issue. All right. Like, he's probably going to start slow because of the knee. I honestly think they draft somebody or they look that direction, but Adenogy, Carmen, they could play themselves into the competition, I think, but we'll see. I, I don't know. And Carmen probably better on the left side than the right side. I, I don't guess. know how much that matters. If you would, if you had told me Carmen had a chance at this five weeks ago, like I would have predicted with 100%, he has a better chance of getting cut than he does of playing into a competition like that. I guess if we go into the offseason and there's a possibility that we're talking that Jackson Carmen has a shot at the tackle role, then maybe these next couple games work out for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah. Because if this season ends on, on Sunday, I don't think that covers I, I don't think so either. Yeah. Okay. If it ends on Sunday, no. Um, but We'll see. I, I think it's interesting. He's got, he's, he has a chance. Like that's, that's the thing is that I, I think he has talent. I've always thought he was talented. I've always thought there was a ton of potential. It just, he's, it's never come together. He, and this is something I talked about in my scouting report on him. The first year I ever did the scouting is he has going into the NFL, one of the strongest punches, I think like just across the league, it's upper echelon stuff when he connects but he plays with such wide hands that he's always grazing the pad or he's getting a holding call or giving up his chest or whatever. But when he gets it inside and you see this on one play 
where he's on the front side of a wide zone concept. He hits the guy with his inside hand and that guy moves and the Ravens have good run defenders. These, these guys are built to stop the run similar to like what the Bengals like to do. So he hits that guy and he moves over like that. When it connects, it's awesome. It's just, he's never been able to consistently connect with it. It reminds me of man. That, I mean, I mean like, if anybody remembers uh, Brandon Brooks, who he had just ginormous, powerful hands, but he could always connect. And that's why he was an all pro hall of fame level talent. Like that's, that's the level of punch. I don't think he has the hall of fame level talent. Let's, let's get out of there. I don't even think he has all pro talent. Like I, at his peak, you know, maybe there's something there, like the 1% outcome, but like, he has that power that like a Brandon Brooks had where he can hit a guy and they go over like a full gap and a half just with one punch. And so it's there. Like the talent is there. He's, he's a little lighter on his feet than he looks. And I wrote that way back when I just didn't think he did a good technical kick slide, but I was like, well, it's a little lighter than you would think though with his weight. And, but yeah, he plays high. He has wide hands. Uh, he likes the two hand punch. There's a few negatives there, but if he can work around it and he can show something in this game, like that's what we're all hoping for. Like me included, I'm not the biggest Carmen guy, uh, especially because of off the field stuff, but uh, you know, he has a chance. Like that's, that's, what's cool about it. You know, he also has a chance to get replaced at halftime, but uh, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best. We're hoping for the best here. Do you, think they, think, do you think they activate Isaiah Prince for this game? It's so funny you just said that because I was just about to say. You're about to ask me because I mentioned minutes, he could get. We spent, we spent 13 <laughs> minutes on Jackson Carmen just for Zach Taylor to say Isaiah Prince is going to start at tackle on Sunday because that's what happened. Only possible. I still, we all remember when they, they tried to confuse us in the Bills game with the Isaiah Prince call at right tackle. I, I trust Zay was Burrow's quote. And then Adenogy is the one out there. So I want to know. know if there's more to that though, because they were either Joe Burrow is a good actor and Zach Taylor is a good actor, or that was the game plan and things changed at practice that week. <laughs> I I don't know what is the amount, what is what do you gain from the subterfuge of trying to uh like do the Bills care? Do the Bills care if it was Prince or Adenogy out there? They don't really have much tape on either guy. It's not like they're going like, we got to do some advanced scouting on these two players. These are the two possible right tackles. <laughs> I was just like... Oh, you're right. Nick, our producer, said, did you see that Kroger commercial? Burl is not a good actor. You know what? That's true. He can smell a pineapple. And that's about um, all Joe Burl can do when it comes to the acting. It's He's easier, though. It's, I, I don't... I think Burrow likes messing with people and the media though. So like, I don't, I don't think this would be so much acting as it would just be like sending them on a goose chase just because he thinks it's funny. Um, all he has to just say is the wrong name. So I don't know. I could see it being that I could also see the Bengals just galaxy brain. Like, yeah, it's going to be Isaiah. So, I don't know if I was going to guess, I think they did plan on Prince going out there, but then practice uh, a Denigy one. Uh, that's why Joe Burrow wore the Brandon Allen jersey to his press conference. On <laughs> it all it all makes sense now. He's throwing us all off before these Bills games. Um, and, and we're right back at it. But next we'll get to the mailbag questions and then prediction time for the divisional round Bengals versus Bills 3 p.m. on Sunday. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. 
We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll get to the mailbag part of the show. But I have one quick question to get to. It was one that I was thinking about today when it comes down to these matchups. We're going to get to what the bracket looks like for the rest of the divisional round. But if you are the Kansas City Chiefs right now, would you want the Bengals or the Bills to win that game on Sunday? Personally, I'd want the Bills because I, I, if I was a Chiefs fan, I would feel more confident beating them because they've done it. Um, but I could see the argument for the Bengals because you get a home game and um, you have to exercise that demon at some point, right? Like you can't just always be winless against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, in that scenario, if Cincinnati, again, it's going to be a tough matchup versus the Bills, but if they were to beat the Bills, Kansas City's like, yes, we get that AFC Championship game at home. And if you fell to the Cincinnati Bengals four times, I mean, you would have to name Arrowhead after Burrow at that point. (laughs) I mean, there's just no way. At that point, it's in your reign because you play Kansas City the following year, too, again. And more than likely, it's in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think if I'm Kansas City, I would say Cincinnati, even though they, they haven't beaten, beaten them yet. It's just because of that home field. Not that it matters, because the Bengals showed that it doesn't really matter last season. We'll go ahead and get to some of the questions now. Carprick says, who runs better in the snow, Joe Mixon or Samaj P. Ryan? Um... I don't think there's a ton of running backs that run better in the snow. Like I think of LaShawn McCoy and Jamal Williams is the only two that I know that like thrive in those type of environments. I think Mixon's the better runner. So I'll go Mixon. Although I, I think P Ryan's would be fine too. Would you want this to be a snow game? It's only like a very small chance. I think during the game. No. Cause I think that'd lead to sloppy football. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that either. I don't think any team really would benefit from that. Uh, We'll go ahead and go to Drew. He says, what does a Bengals win look like on Sunday? If we lose, should we consider this a successful season? And I think that's a really great question. Uh, Bengals win. I, they, they could easily win. I think this is a true coin flip game. Like I, I don't think I need to build up like a true scenario like I had to do for the Ravens to win and they almost pulled off the scenario. I, was, I would talk about shortening the game and everything. Um, I, I would guess the Bengals win would look like Burrow is sacked and pressured less than he was last week. Um, and then to go with that, uh, you probably get one to two turnovers from the Bills offense. But they could win with zero turnovers from the Bills offense. Like this, this team's still good enough to do that. Uh, if they lose, I still do consider this a successful season. I think I would probably chalk it up, depending on the game goes, I guess. But I'd probably chalk it up to you got too injured. And being healthy is one of the biggest reasons that teams win Super Bowls. So you suffer three injuries to the same position group. You lose one of your best defenders and most important defenders. And it just becomes very difficult to win football games, although I fully believe that they can. I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this question, but what do you trust more? The Bengals offensive line on Sunday or a clean game from Josh Allen? I don't know. That's tough. Uh, Josh Allen's going to put the ball in harm's way. It's up to the Bengals to do something with that because a lot of defenses don't like he he'll throw it and it just doesn't get picked off or he'll fumble and it goes out of bounds or they recover it. Uh, I'm going to look something up real 
quick to answer this. I My gut says Allen because I just think this offensive line is very banged up. But I also think that the Bengals are going to have a game plan to protect their offensive line here. Uh, so Allen, yeah, he's had at least a pick in the last three games. Trying to see fumbles. Can't find a game log on his fumbles, but I know he's fumbled a lot too. I'll go Allen having a clean game, I guess. It's about even though. I like the question. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that too. I mean, you look at this offensive line, it's been the topic of conversation, but that's what Josh Allen does. He's a good quarterback, and this is going to be a tough battle, but he isn't afraid to just kind of get a little messy out there. Diego says, and kind of to that turnover point, he says, who makes the game changing turnover Sunday? Because we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going Jesse Bates. Uh, he was on the Pat McAfee show, and mm -hmm. I think it's, what, $50,000 if he gets an interception. He's a little extra juice there to come down with that. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go Jesse Bates. Who would you pick? I feel like I'm really, 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 really going. I'm stretching here. I'm going to go Cam Taylor Britt, the rook. Okay. He is going to step up big time. A lot of talk when it comes to the secondary. I've done a couple interviews this week in Columbus, and they're like, well, how do you feel about the Bengals secondary with the Bills wide receivers and that matchup, what that's going to look like? He's physical. He's aggressive. And I feel like this guy's going to come up big. Um, I, I want it to be just different guys every week than what we've seen in last year's playoffs because it just feels like you go to that wild card game. It's a defensive play. You go to all of the games from last playoffs, it's a defensive play. They were Logan Wilson away in the Super Bowl from being another defensive play. So it would be insane if that happened again and, and the Bengals were able to do that because I truly think it's going to come down to one or two plays. Could be yeah. completely wrong. Close play. games usually do. Uh, Stoff says, do we expect to get Bell or Pratt back this offseason? They have killed it this year, and I'm worried that the Pratt – played his way into a bigger contract and we just can't give it to him. It's an or question. Yeah. I, I think Bell's more likely to come back. Uh, but the reason that Pratt could be the one to come back, even if he's played himself into a bigger contract, which I actually think he's not going to sign the biggest deal, but I think the Bengals have already made their, plans basically that's why Keith davis gaither comes on the field sometimes on third down and they're trying him out a little bit in uh normal situations and a nickel so uh, you could see akeem davis gaither taking that spot or marcus bailey they love their linebacker depth i think and they don't love their safety depth if both bates and bell are gone they like bell a lot and bell's a good leader in the locker room and everything i'll go bell i wouldn't be shocked if they both are on the team next year though would you no, and here's my quick what I think is going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months. They will extend Burrow this offseason. They will extend Bell this offseason. They will extend Hayden Hurst. And I actually think their focus is next year on Logan Wilson, and I think they franchise T. Higgins after the, the following season. That's possible. Is that a hot possible. take? Is that a hot are take? You, are you saying T. Higgins isn't getting a, a long-term deal then? I think – they're going to franchise tag him. Okay. That's what I'm going to say for now. Okay. That's what I'm going to say for now. And I hope I'm wrong because I want T to be here. But this team is also really good at drafting wide receivers. So maybe they – Drafting linebackers. 
Yeah, they, good problem. They're not good at the offensive line part of the, the no. equation. Um, Cordell Volson, hopefully, hopefully he works out when it comes to the guard position. But uh, that's something I'd rather just leave to free agency when it comes to the offensive line. Uh, we'll a great go- job free agency, I think. Yeah, 100%. Frank says, with a depleted O-line, how do the Bengals establish a run game? Um, I think you could get interesting with it. Uh, you, you'll need the offensive line just to step up. They, they still have to make the blocks, but become a junk ball pitcher and just throw stuff at them. You know, like they ran that crunch play two weeks in a row now against the Ravens. Throw at them, throw it at them. Just, it's such a weird play uh, that for teams to really prepare for, just throw it at them once or twice. And then, you know, run some trap, run some uh, stuff you don't always do. Get into the pistol, do all this stuff. Just become the junk ball pitcher is what I, I would say. Maybe start the game with a play action pass with seven man protection, take a shot. And if they step up, like, we're going to punish you for that. Um, so that that's how I feel. It's just, you know, just, you got to get creative because I don't think you can line up and just run duo, run inside zone, and just expect this run game to work like it did five, six weeks ago. Like it, it, that's probably not happening. And the best run game duo that they had are both injured, not just one guy. So they've got, uh, they've got a lot of backups, but I think, I think you, you could do it. I think you just have to become a little bit of a junk ball pitcher and throw everything at them. I think they're honestly going to take the ball if they if they lose the coin toss because the Bills are going to defer it. And I, or the other way around, I think if the Bengals get the opportunity to choose, they're going to take the ball um, first on the road. And I think they take a shot deep to, to Jamar Chase. They ruined, man. I still think they ruined last week where they did all those stupid screens. And I think you could have ran a fake screen on the first play of the game. Like that, that probably would have worked, but yeah, whatever. We we'll see. The, the Bengals won, so I can't complain too much. But yeah, I could definitely see just play action, shot play, first play of the game. That's basically what they did Monday Night week, Football. Week 17. Yeah. They, they got the ball, they took a shot play on the first play of the game, got a penalty, and scored. Yeah, that was, oh man, that was great. That was just a great drive by them. And hopefully we see a familiar offense when they take on the Bills Sunday. We're going to go with this. Adam says a lot of offensive line questions. Rank who will play the best on the offensive line against the Bills and why? Ooh, okay. Well, Karras is the easy number one because I think he's just solid every single week. Volson, while he's been lackluster the last two weeks, underperformed maybe is the way to say this, uh, I still think he's number two, and I'm kind of just going in how I feel on these guys, I guess. Number three, I'm going to Denigy because I thought he looked good when they played this team last time against Rousseau. And I also am not a Rousseau head. I have watched the man, and I he might prove me wrong because I'm talking crap on the Knock podcast. On Knock him. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't think he's as good as like the pressure rate and all that other stuff is showing he didn't do much against the dolphins backup right tackle like it was it was the right guard move to right tackle so i don't know um so i'll go identity number three and then i'll go sharping then carmen um but i don't feel awesome about either one of that i i just i am very i am still pretty nervous about carmen i i know that he looked okay in his limited action but full game he's gonna have to do some real protecting at some point i'm a little worried and I know that this team had the bad offensive line last year. It's on the road. 
the environment's going to be insane, divisional round game. And I agree with you when it comes to the trust level. I, I would have Carmen last and I would rank him exactly how you had it. The thing is, I, I just feel with this game, if you can get out of this game and, and win, and I truly think they can, and this is not a prediction yet, there's really hope that maybe Alex Kappa or maybe Jonah Williams could be back for that championship game. And that would be yeah. huge, huge. Just one of them. Yeah. Just one of them at this point. I mean, I won't be selfish at all, but I, when I see Jackson Carmen's name on Wednesday's practice sheet and he's out there with the ones, it does terrify me. I'm not going to lie. And I know we, we had the chance to see him a little bit in the second half versus the Baltimore Ravens, but that doesn't make me feel any better about um, what we could possibly see on Sunday. We're going to go ahead and go to Jamar. He says, what has caused the lack of big shot plays in this offense? Receivers not getting open, the offensive line, not giving Burrow time to take these shots. Both. I, I, it's defenses watched the Bengals all last postseason, all last year, went back and watched their Super Bowl team. You're going to get a lot of eyes on you. They are like, we're taking away those big plays. We're going to play over the top. We are going to sell out to stop these big plays. And it's not like the receivers aren't like, quote unquote, getting open. It's that there's, that's not where they can get open. Like they, there's usually a guy on chase and a safety over the top on every play. And if there's not, that corner is so far like playing off of him that, and he's like, you're not beating me deep and I'll give up 10 yards, but you're not going to beat me deep. And they do it to Higgins side at times as well. So that that's really why I also do think that the offensive line plays into it. Burrow has a very quick time to release and uh, the offensive line isn't even at its best. Wasn't a great unit. Like he probably didn't feel comfortable waiting three and a half seconds to, for like a, a cool post corner post play that goes viral on Twitter that he did that. Bengals tried that and Burrow's going down. <laughs> No, no, I, I agree 100%. DD Main, one last one. He says, I want to keep them forever, but I'm selfishly glad. But where the hell are the head coaching interviews for Brian Callahan, Lou, and Lou in a room? But Brian Callahan, there is a request from He's the got Indianapolis one the Colts. Yep. But um, I agree. It's been pretty quiet. Again, we've talked about it plenty on this podcast. I love yep. everything about it. I was telling everybody, hey, you come to it's always game day. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, how it is a little bit because I told you guys at the start, I was like, I don't think Lou Andrew is going to get a job this offseason. I, I just, you just look at what the NFL values and Callahan fits, but he doesn't call plays. Like mm -hmm. that's the one mark on him, but he's going to get interviews. Like he's getting that Colts interview now. Lou, who I think is very qualified is a defensive mind that NFL doesn't care about that right now. He is older NFL likes young. And I don't think they care that he worked his way up from like high school. Like that's so cool to me. And he has all these unique things about him because of his history, but the NFL doesn't care. And they just want a young offensive mind. Like that's really what they want. It took Vic Fangio till he was 60 plus to get a, his first head coaching job. Wade Phillips didn't get a head coaching job till he was, very old uh dean pease never got a head coaching gig i'm just thinking of guys that they were defensive coordinators forever and they didn't get their gig they didn't get a shot um so i mean that's that could just be what you're looking at the really man the fangio one is is i think in my mind the comparison because it's like he's he worked forever to get to that point 
and he was a very good defensive coordinator in San. He was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco with Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. And he didn't get a head coaching offer out of that. He had to go work longer and do the same thing out in Chicago before he finally got an interview. So, or at least a job. I don't remember if he was getting interviews or not. So that's, I think, the thing with Lou Anarumo. If he wins the Super Bowl, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl and they have like an awesome defense during that run, then yeah, he'll he'll get interviews. But man, Dean Pease won two Super Bowls. He never got an interview for that Patriots defense. I'm just here for Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo to show the world who they are in this playoff run and just say, you know what? You don't want me to look what I'm about to do with this team. So I'm all about it. And the way you hear, I know Jesse Bates more than likely won't be a part of this team next year, but the way you hear Jesse Bates in his interview today with Pat McAfee talk about everything that Lou does when it comes to chemistry, the family, you can see, I will be completely honest with you. Lou was probably the one that was the most excited coming off the field besides Sam Hubbard um, after the playoff game. Fist, fist in the air, just pumped, excited. And you could just tell, like, my guys did it again. And um, you want this guy in your locker room on the sideline. So, again, selfishly, just like Twitter said, uh, I want him to be on the staff next year. And I hope he gets to prove a lot of people wrong with what he can do. And, you know, the same for Brian Callahan. But next, it's time, prediction time, ready to get to it. What's going to happen is a season ending or contending on Sunday. <laughs> I know, like putting my hands together. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> it's always good. Game day in Cincinnati. We'll be right back. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is time. Who is going to win on Sunday? Oh, that's the question. <laughs> that was very aggressive. Like, to me. I, I thought you were going to say, uh, uh, I, I don't know, for some reason. I, I should probably should have said ask about the it. team and all that stuff, but we'll start with Bengals. It's all good. It's all good. Please Bengals Bills. Okay. Um, I think the Bengals are going to have a great game plan for this. I fully trust Louie Anarumo to have something up his sleeve. I think there's going to be, he loves, he's one of the, if not the lead league leader in drop eight coverage putting the extra body into coverage josh allen's not very good against that uh, historically he also i think is going to have opportune blitzes because if you watch that miami game they lived and died by the blitz but they showed that if you pressure him yes you could give up 50 yard passes but you could also get turnovers and turnovers to me are going to be the key for this defense because I think you can stop them on drives and you can play keep away a little bit, but that's harder without the offensive line. But I think that getting a, a few turnovers from a team that likes to give the ball away could be the key to this game. I think a lot of people have talked about that for the Bengals side. I think they're going to do a good job protecting this offensive line. I think this is, I, I fully trust this coaching staff when they made that scheme change in week five and became one of the best offenses in the league like that gave me so much faith because they, that's not something they did last year last year they kind of just ran their offense and when things got hairy they just cut out some of the other stuff and kept running the same thing and it felt like they never really adapted to the personnel that they had along the offensive line I think they're going to do that this week um, and hopefully it's not turtled up like it was last week like that that I think was the emergency situation so all that said I do think the Bills have some advantages um, you know at some point, you got to play man coverage, probably without help. Who does that on Stephon Diggs? Because I don't feel comfortable with Eli Apple doing that after the Demarcus Robinson fiasco. And Cam Taylor-Britt is a late second-round rookie, and I think Eli Apple is the better corner. 
just in general. So in those situations, what happens? And if you don't do that, then the Bills are going to find ways to get Stephon Diggs onto like a Logan Wilson, which they did in the week 17 matchup. Also, the Bengals have disappointed me when it comes to defending quarterback design runs. I thought they were really good at this the past couple of years. And then this year, they, they saw Tyler Huntley run for like 40 yards. So I, the Bills, I think they're going to bring it out. They've run some stuff like that, but they haven't really hammered it. Now it's do or die. If they're in a tight situation, if they can get to that, then it's not great. All that said, what? Who, do you think, who do you think I'm picking? You're picking the Bengals. I am. Yeah, I'm going Bengals. I'm riding. I think this is a better team. I have hammered this offensive line that it is the same as last year in the playoffs to me. To me, I think it's the same level. I don't care. I think Joe Burrow is a better player than he was last year. I think this is a better coaching staff than last year. And it's not from new people. It's from progression. This is what's the cool thing about getting young talent and getting young coaches is that they get better. And I think these guys have gotten better. So I have faith the Bengals win this game. I think people are going to be a little disappointed in the score. Because I think it's going to be like 27, 24. I agree with you when it comes to the 20s. I'm going to make mine quick because we're going to get Nick on here and do rest of the division around. Oh, I, I took say- all the air of the, I took all the oxygen of the argument. I thought I had more time. No, Nick, <laughs> we need to cut, cut the tape. Cause I, I loved everything that Mike had to say about this matchup and what we're going to see on Sunday. I agree with you. I think a lot of people are saying thirties, thirties, thirties. One team has put over 30 points on the Cincinnati Bengals this season. And, and everybody- I think there's only been like, excluding last week, only like one or two teams have gone to the Bills. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be a 30-point a, a kind of game. Could be completely wrong. It could get out of hand and crazy matchups. It's going to be good. It's going to come down to a few plays. I still think that Josh Allen is going to turn over the ball. He is talented. He has a good offense. I like Stephon Diggs. Um, some would say top three, top five wide receiver. I top want five, to – I'm top five, top five. Thank you for correcting me. I don't want to, I don't want to get the false information out there. Um, when I'm speaking of wide receivers, we need to see more from the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. You need to hold on to the ball. I think we're going to see T Higgins in the end zone. It is going to be a fun offense. They're going to be able to balance it, run the ball. All this talk about the offensive line this week. If you turn on the national ESPN NFL network, all of the shows, they keep talking about what it's going to look like. And then you're playing on the road and all of this all these factors coming together. And I'll say right now, Joe likes that pressure. Joe went to Arrowhead Stadium last year. No offense to Highmark and what that's going to sound like. I have a good feeling about Joe on the road and being able to handle his business. I know they've been practicing the silent counts at practice this week. I will, I trust Lou. I just trust Lou all season long when they need to come up big. They always find a way, not even just in the Ravens game. You can go back to the Patriots game when I really thought, oh, man, they're really going to drop this losing streak. I think they find a way, and I think we're going to see a matchup um, just like last season at Arrowhead the following week with the Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship game. And it is wild to think that I am going in the 20s. I am saying 28-24. Okay, awesome. Bengals cover, uh, well, definitely cover. Um, but that is, I think, a pretty good uh, bet for anybody that's doing that, where the Bengals are, I think they're underdogs by like six and a half. Like, that, that's a lot. Well, the thing is, good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> that's right. They could lose this game and still be a great team. Um, I was just going to also bring up, because I did mention it, two 30-point uh Two times the Bills have given up 30 points. It was to the Vikings and to the Dolphins and Skylar Thompson last week. So, Weird. They they did a good job against, like, Miami, Miami with Tua. Well, 
yeah, they faced Miami with two. Miami with Tua. They did a good job against Baltimore with Lamar. Um, they held Kansas City to 20. I, I don't know. Like, this defense does show up sometimes, although that was a lot of that was with uh, Von Miller. So, yeah, I think the things that people aren't talking that much about is the Bills' offensive line hasn't been very good in pass protection either. And uh, I think the Bengals can take advantage of that. I think Sam Hubbard on Spencer Brown is a little bit of an advantage for Cincinnati if he's able to do what Jalen Phillips was able to do and really – get a few good, good pressures and maybe even a sack or a strip sack. Um, good on good on the left side. I think Deion Dawkins is a pretty good player, but Trey Hendrickson is a great player, so he can win that matchup. And Mitch Morris was actually my comp for Tyler Linderbaum coming out, the Bills center, uh, because I, they're both smaller, move extremely well, and aren't a guy I would love to have in pass protection against a big, strong defensive tackle. Well, DJ Reader, it's your time. <laughs> you know, If they can get him one-on-one, it's your time. And you know this this locker room's listening to everything this week. They're oh, hearing yeah. everything. It, it, Zach Taylor's not a, not a fumbling idiot. Although people wanted to say that after even the Super Bowl run, he's not a fumbling idiot. He he knows that the offensive line isn't good. He's not going to come out there and be like, "All right, let's go five million predictions, seven step drops." It's like no, he, he knows he's going to have to work around them, and they know that they. I think the offensive line also might step up a little bit, knowing all the disrespect. Maybe not, though. I'm just not going to make the same mistake I made last year and doubt them in a game that I think they could win, and I think they could win this game. This is very similar to the Titans game, other than the Titans were a worse team, but Bengals are a better team, in my opinion. So that's that. Uh, we need Nick on now we to do. do all our predictions. So sorry, Nick. Whoa, Nick, there. There we go. We got three. Uh, it's like first take look here. <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, Nick. Nick, you're joining us. Nick, we're going to ask you right now before we get to the other picks, who's winning, Bengals or Bills? I'm going to get knocked right off of this podcast, aren't I? I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) Myself, I'm sorry. Well, the reason why is not the reason that everybody else is saying it, at least. I don't think it's going to be because of the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. A lot has been made out of that. But the bigger question that I have is their secondary. Because as of right now, since, yeah, well, nobody outside of you, of course, because you are (laughs) the godfather of Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, but right now, nobody's talking about the fact that this is really the first big test other than the Kansas City Chiefs that the Cincinnati Bengals have faced since losing Cheeto Bay Awuzie. And I think that's something that when Josh Allen gets out of the pocket, when he gets out of the structure, is this secondary going to be able to continue to cover guys like Stefan Diggs and guys like Gabe Davis? And even Dawson Knox is really slippery and gets kind of into the soft spots of the defense when things start to break down. That's where I'm a little worried about the Bengals, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I almost had this at a coin flip, but I also was wary of saying that on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But Mike also said that earlier, so I think I'm in the clear. Um, But I do have the Bills taking it 30 to 27. I was doing that tongue-in-cheek every time I said coin flip. Every time. (laughs) No, I, I get what you're saying, especially because Diggs had a good first drive. Like I think he had 30 yards or something in that first drive. And to go with that, even the Chiefs, they don't have a wide receiver that really scares you, right? Like they've got the tight end, Kelsey, but like Juju, MVS, I don't know, Sky Moore. Like none of these guys are putting the fear into you that a Stefan Diggs does. You're not afraid of Kadarius Tony? (laughs) Out of all of them? (laughs) Might be the best. Jared McKinnon? (laughs) Maybe, yeah, true. All right, we'll move on, and I, I, like I think we can all agree it's going to be a close game. Should be a good one. I'm really looking forward to divisional weekend on Sunday, but we'll back it up a little bit to Saturday. It is Jags and Chiefs. Nick, Mike, what's going to happen? Nick, go first. 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Jaguars in this one. I've thought a lot about it, and I know it's going to be tough, but when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I think they're extremely gettable. They've shown that they can lose at home in the playoffs last year to the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think the Jaguars defense is going to do what Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl, what Cincinnati did in the AFC Championship, and that's get after Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen is an absolute animal, and I think while Walker hasn't been as good as you would expect a first overall pick to be, he still has the chance to get there, and I think he's still has the talent to get there and the big question for me is too what do the Chiefs offense do now that they have Clyde Edwards Alaire because Jarek McKinnon was going off for so long I think they're going to galaxy brain this and try to use CEH a little too much when Jarek McKinnon's been the answer all along and I think that's going to open the door for Trevor Lawrence who is supremely confident right now to go out there and pull off the upset I've always been a Jarek McKinnon guy too. I remember watching him last year I was like that's their best running back why aren't they using him more and then they finally started to but you know how upset I'm going to be if the Bengals lose, but the yeah, Jags Yeah, no, no, win? no. Don't do this to me. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going Chiefs. I, I'm not galaxy braining this one. I think that they're going to go to another AFC championship game. Say what you will about it. Beyonce's cooking, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. <laughs> Smoke alarm's going off. Everything's coming down. I said Chiefs win. Uh, yeah, Chiefs win. I trust Andy Reid to have a good game plan. Um, I, I think Doug Peterson is going to make it interesting. I think it's going to be closer than what people might think here. But to me, I think this Chiefs team, while vulnerable, they also, the Jags defense and everything is pretty vulnerable too. Uh, they gave up 27 points and a half to the Chargers. If they do that to the Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs are scoring zero in the second half. Although, hey. I'd welcome it. Um, I want the Jags to win. I'm just going to go Chiefs because I think they're too talented. And, you know, I don't think the Jags can stop Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to make this quick. I think the Chiefs win too. But the thing about the Jags and what they have in their favor, there is no pressure on on Jacksonville at all. And it feels like a very similar situation to what the Bengals dealt with in the second round last year when they played the Titans. We're going to move on to the Niners and the Cowboys. Nick, what is going to happen? I've been trying to figure this one out. And honestly, I've said the Cowboys are frauds all year long. So I would feel icky if I went with the Cowboys in this one. And icky is a professional term that I've picked up. Uh, so I'm going to go with the 49ers, even though I am a little wary of Brock Purdy getting that playoff start number two and seeing what he's able to do against the Dallas pass rush. But I think at home with Kyle Shanahan, I think they have the better coach and I think they have the better chance to win. So I'm taking the Niners. This is the game I feel the worst about. I have no idea, to be honest, but I'm talking myself into it in my mind right now. Dan Quinn, the hat has gone backwards. He's facing a rookie quarterback. If there's a moment for last year's assistant coach of the year to show out and for Micah Parsons to dominate another offensive line, which the 49ers offensive line, other than Trent Williams, not world beaters on paper, at least they've done a good job, but I think the Cowboys win. I think Dak looked really good. And I think the other thing, and this could just be stupid, D'Amico Ryans has so many head coaching interviews. <laughs> and I don't know if he's getting, you know, it's just, I feel like it'd be hard to do like four interviews and then also do a perfect game plan for the week. Although I know he kind of keeps things consistent week to week. So I'm going Cowboys. I have to pick an upset somewhere and I'm not going to do it with the New York Giants. I know. I was just thinking ahead to that matchup. Oh, I guess the Bengals was an upset. <laughs> 
I'm going Niners. I'm seriously going Niners. I'm riding them all the way to the Super Bowl. I know Eagles fans do not like that when I think of the championship game and what that's going to look like or Super Bowl matchups. I'm I'm just taking the 49ers. I like their defense. Brock Purdy will do enough to win the game, but it should be a good one because I agree with you. What I saw from Prescott last week, um, he he looks back, back, back. And we're going to move over to the divisional round of the Eagles and the Giants. I feel like I know what you guys are going to pick, but Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to pick the Giants. They're a great story. Daniel Jones looked great, but at the end of the day, that Eagles team is just too good. And we've seen it twice this year. They've just absolutely stomped the Giants both times. I think it'll be closer because like you saw last week with the Bengals and the Ravens, you play a divisional team three times. It gets tighter every single time. So I think it'll be closer than people are saying, but I can't pick against the Eagles here. Fly Eagles fly. Uh, It's preseason, my NFC pick. I don't think this is going to be close, I'll be honest. I think the Eagles are going to beat them pretty handedly. Um, they're just way too talented, and Hurts looks, looked pretty healthy week 18. He's had more time to recover. This is – the Giants offense, to me, is doing awesome job with the talent they have. It's also, to me, kind of smoke and mirrors, and this Eagles defense can kind of get after it. I will say I think Saquon Barkley can have a good game. I just don't know how long the Giants are going to be in a position to give him the ball all the time. So I'm going to go Eagles, and I think uh, – I don't know the spread. I'll just say they cover. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I think Eagles. <laughs> it's probably like 13 points. I think it's like eight and a half. Oh, oh the Bengals are only like two points less. Yeah. yeah Seven but- and a half. Seven, oh, Eagles all the way. Uh, I think they win that game by 10 plus. 100%. Like I said, good teams win, great teams cover. I'm definitely going with the Eagles in this one. It's not going to be close for me. Even though that week off, I still feel like that's a little bit of a trap and trick. I know teams get healthy when they have the bye, but when you're not out there and you're in your routine of having week to week in the postseason, um, you know, maybe it's a little closer than things really appear, but I'll say Eagles and, and then we're going to see that matchup with the Niners and Eagles. You can't go against a fellow Paisano and Nick Sirianni where we stick together. We love it. That that's was your thing. Yeah, that's why the Bengals make it too, because they got Lou and the Rumo. Lou and the Rumo. Well, you, Mike, to your credit, you did. My my Super Bowl team in the NFC is out now. The, team. <laughs> the Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was back in uh, September when I picked the Bucks, so unfortunately, uh, yours is as of now. Bengals Eagles still alive. We could Nick, see you it. picked Bucks too, didn't you? I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, we both had Bucks Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong. About and now I'm picking against the Chiefs. You're picking the Jags. <laughs> you know what? Nick's gonna laugh at all of us when he when the Jags win that game on Saturday. I don't like that pressure. I won't allow him to laugh at us if the Jags win and Bengals lose, though. No, like that, that'll feel so bad that they could have had the home AFC Championship game. I mean, I would say you're in the Super Bowl if that happens because Nick knows the only loss at Paycor Stadium was Week One against his. And the Pittsburgh Jaguars don't have TJ Watt to catch the ball at the line of scrimmage like a demon. I. <laughs> Stop it. That shouldn't be allowed. Now I don't want to think about it like this. I think that's too much pressure for Bengals fans if the Jags end up winning that game. So I don't know. No way. Fans, maybe. Team, no. I think they'd be fine. Oh, they'd love it. They'd thrive off of that. Um, Nick, it's great to have you. You're going to have to make predictions next week, too, because it is championship weekend. I think, let me ask you guys, what is better, divisional or championship weekend? Championship. I like the pressure. I like the divisional weekend just because usually you get that's the best matchups and there's more of them. That is a very good point. I'm I'm pumped about it. Saturday and Sunday football. I hate that Monday wild card game. I think they need to yeah. throw it out the window. Oh yeah, make it a Saturday game. Who cares? I prefer that was a Friday game, but that would be bad for 
football. But I I I hate Monday. <laughs> I hate Monday game. I was just like, I don't want to watch. It's always the worst game too. It's like I don't want to watch this. It was terrible. It was terrible. And uh, Tom Brady is done and to be determined on where he's going to be playing next year. But as always, thank you for everyone for listening. Mike, what's going to be up on all Bengals this week? I'm going to do a preview on something. I think tomorrow, um, hopefully if you, if you've made it this far and I didn't do it at me, challenge me to a duel. Uh, I am hoping I get that up. I have a little bit of film done, uh, like video work, but yeah, I don't know what. Okay, if you made it this far and um, <laughs> it's 15 seconds to go, make sure you tweet him. Please tag our podcast name and tag me. We want to make sure that you're really living up to this. Hold him accountable. He needs to have those ready before the game on Sunday. He has a few days. As always, thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thanks.